With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Forward Progress here on the Hammer Betting Network. Rob Pizzola joined by Clive Bixby as we will go through the playoff openers. So they're out. They're not widely available. Some rec books were waiting on the sharp books to post. We still got Sunday night football in play with the Packers leading the Detroit Lions by a score of 16 to 13 late in the third quarter. But we're going to get to it all. Just a reminder, if you're watching on Twitter, absolutely fine, but we do not see your comments in real time. You will not contribute to the conversation in real time. You're more than welcome to do that if you want to, though. If you do want to jump in on the conversation, head over to our YouTube channel. You see it at the bottom middle of your screen. It's forward progress. Very easy for you to head over there and contribute to the conversation. Clive, how are things? It's fine. I just had a big spider crawling on me. I didn't like that. I don't know if that's some sort of omen for the playoffs, uh, but a good Sunday. Richmond spiders for the NCAA tournament. Go out and bet them with 1,000 to 1, whatever their price is. No, I, I I don't know. It's probably a bad omen. Let's be real with ourselves here. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't love that. But otherwise, it was, it was a good Sunday, profitable, uh, ended the regular season really well. How about you? I, I did pretty well, pretty well. Um, a lot of people, you know, week 18 gets the same treatment as like preseason, you know, it's like, Oh, how could you bet on this? You're like, you're, you know, you're degenerate. If you bet on, on week 18, it's like, actually look at where the lines opened and look at where they closed and tell me you wouldn't want to get out in front of those moves if you could. Um, yeah, it was a great day. I mean, my own, my biggest regret was actually not putting more down in play today. Uh, I, I talked myself out of a bet on the Houston Texans for one. And I talked myself out of a late bet on the Washington commanders, which honestly that game went like it, the Cowboys played their starters for the game. I felt very confidently that they would do that. So that's why I didn't bet the commanders, but um, yeah, it could have been an even better day for me. I, I left money on the table. Uh, yeah, I actually did too. Um that's that's kind of the hard part is not knowing what I don't know either. Like as as an example, the Colts that line stayed where it did all day, and I'm like, what's kind of happening here? Is Houston going to play a little bit more than I think they're going to play in this game? And they they did. Uh, you know, like the Broncos Chargers was a great example of being able to take advantage of understanding the situation, what that was going to be. And that line moved all the way from minus what? Like it was minus it was char- Chargers were favored minus three. And then the Broncos closed like minus six, minus six and a half. Yeah. Um, so I had some bets down on those like money lines and they just closed in such good positions. So it's just understanding the situation and trying to take advantage of it. Yeah. The uh, I, I, I mean, I, like the rest of the world, played uh, Bengals uh, Broncos money line parlay as soon as they moved the game uh, to later in the day. 
the Chargers game, that was profitable. So, I mean, for the most part, I can't complain. It was a first ever, though, on the pizza buffet this morning at 11 a.m., where I did not lock in a single play on the morning of the games, which um, got, I was met with mixed reactions for that. But I do want to remind people, this is serious betting advice. I take this very seriously, and so does Clive. And we're not out here to get people to just bet on stuff for the sake of betting. I would never advise someone make a play that I wasn't willing to bet myself with my own money. So I just want to be very clear with that. But uh, yeah, overall, good day. Um, I got into a heated Twitter debate, which I'm, you know, I'm sure is going to come up over the course of the week about like, what do you think the audience is of NFL? The people watching NFL Red Zone, more gamblers. And I'll also throw fantasy players in there as well, because there's like some element of of betting involved in fantasy for the most part, or more non-gamblers, if you had to guess. I mean, if you force me to guess, I would say it's probably 80-20, somebody with some sort of skin in the game, whether it's fantasy or sports betting. I do tend to, when I talk about gambling, I do tend to conflate the two terms in a broader audience. I right. think, you know, there's a smaller segment that understands there's a difference between the two. But broadly speaking, somebody with some skin in the game, uh, I would say probably 80%. Yeah, we could throw it to the chat as well. I mean, Daniel says more gamblers for sure. Listen, I, I, I am in the betting community, so maybe my view is skewed of how things work. But my dad, for example, who doesn't bet on sports, he's probably going to watch his favorite team or he's just going to watch the national broadcast on CBS. Or, and I think a lot of people are like that, whereas Red Zone is completely different. So at the end of the Jets and Dolphins game today, what was the closing spread in that game? Three and a half or four? Three and a half. Three and a half. Four at Circa. Four at DraftKings. Okay, mixed between three and a half and four. And the Jets go into full lateral mode, and the ball goes out the back of the end zone. And one of the refs signals a safety on the field, and another, the, the, the head ref says the ruling on the field is that the pass is incomplete. I don't even know what how that they come to that conclusion, but no one has any idea what's going on in that situation. And this is deciding the spread in the game, which is important for the audience that's watching. And what do they do? They cut away from that immediately to go show the Steelers who are beating the Browns by two touchdowns with 30 seconds left. And they've just got eliminated from the playoffs. Like have someone part of the production team that understands the significance of what's going on here. And I like Scott Hansen. You know, a lot of people in, in, in my Twitter comments are like, oh, Scott Hansen. The, people don't really appreciate how hard it is to have to react live in those situations and on the fly. And, you know, Hansen's constantly telling his team, like, let's go to this game. Let's go to that game. Let's do this. Let's do that. And he does a good job with it. But my God, is it a pet peeve of mine when as a like the, the entire betting community wants to know what just happened here. Stay on the game for 30 seconds and explain to the wider audience that might be watching that doesn't bet why it's important to be on this on this particular play. Well, you have the clown mutants doing what they call sports betting content like before the game for God knows how long, right? Like everything, you see lines everywhere. If you're going to make it that big of a part of like the pregame and all that other stuff, at least be cognizant of the fact that like at the end of the game, 
that's meaningful. Like people want to know exactly what happened. So, I mean, just a little bit of awareness. It, I mean, it didn't matter to me, but it's, you know, the principle of the thing, pay attention. Like if it matters in the beginning of the game, it sure as hell matters at the end of the game. Agreed. I was, I was just super frustrated. Got dragged into a, uh, a little Twitter spat about that, but like, I don't think people that don't bet like realize the impact that betting sports betting has on the NFL as a product, like all these people that tune in strictly to the end of the game to watch their bets and, and their fantasy players accrue points. Like there's not that many people who are watching the NFL for the love of the game. And that's what my, like, to, to, to think otherwise to me is just completely delusional. And oh, it's, it's so naive. It's just so, so, so naive. It's very frustrating. Uh, what's also frustrating as someone who does not want to see the Packers in the playoffs is uh, Aaron Rodgers throwing an interception, but uh, Detroit committing an illegal use of hands, which was a penalty, hands to the face. But um, yeah, we're... We're back to Green Bay with the ball right now, 16 to 13, moving towards the end of the third quarter. Okay, um, let's get into next week because we have some uh, early lines that are posted. Before we do, one thing that I do like to do, Clive, is debate how the NFL will schedule these playoff games. So there's going to be two Saturday games, 4.30 and the night game, three Sunday games, one o'clock, four o'clock, night game, and then Monday night football. I think it's a foregone conclusion that if Green Bay wins tonight, that them and San Fran are getting probably Sunday night football, I would say is almost a foregone comp- conclusion. So I tend to try, like we were having this, I was having this conversation um, earlier today what's the game that people probably care the least about and is like the least like marquee is that the giants vikings that is and i think because of that reason it goes at one o'clock on sunday in my opinion it will not be one of the later games on either of the two days i i agree with that 100 percent. or or the three days like that giants minnesota is not a prime time game in my opinion under any circumstances anything else you can make the argument that it could be I would be surprised if they put Jacksonville into a primetime game just because of the, the not because of the players involved. Cause like Herbert Lawrence is a very appealing matchup, but Jacksonville doesn't have that widespread appeal to like the old school football fan, I would say. Um, so there's that. <laughs> and I like, and Cowboys and bucks is going to be in primetime, right? Like no matter. Yes. What. There's no shot that that one's not uh, Patrick Burns. <laughs> Kirk Cousins' dream getting to play noon on Sunday. That's that's, that's pretty good. That's how to affect the handicap of the game. Although it, it's technically a standalone game, right? I mean, we have primetime Kirk, but maybe it's just standalone Kirk because he also shit his pants when he played in London this year. Although they did win that game against the Saints, uh, didn't really play great. No, no, that was another one of those coin flip games that they were on the right side of. This to me, Connor to me. We're, we we are buddies here. This is how I think that it's going to play out. Chargers-Jags opens the playoffs. Dolphins-Bills Saturday night. Giants-Minnesota, Baltimore-Cincy, Green Bay-San Fran. In that order, Dallas-Tampa Bay Monday night football. 
I, I feel very strongly that this is going to be the schedule. I actually wouldn't change a thing. I like that. That's, that's really well done. Yeah. I, I think that's good. I mean, too much of a risk of putting Baltimore in the primetime slot with the Lamar Jackson situation, in my opinion. Um, Miami Buffalo, you're going to get a backup quarterback in all likelihood. We can talk about that. But I think that that game has, again, Dolphins, Bills. It's, it's got the luster, you know, of, of those teams. Um, okay. Let's start. Let's go in this order. Assuming let's let's just assume that it's going to be this order, and we'll skip over Green Bay if the game's not done yet. Chargers and Jacksonville. So again, the lines are not widely available yet. Um, just quickly checking an array of sports books that are up right now to see what we got. Um, but the sharper books have not yet posted. So Chargers are laying two and a half on the road at Jacksonville. And depending on the sports book, you're looking at a total of 46 and a half or 47 as our opener. Um, of note, the Chargers, who played their starters today for some godforsaken, inexplicable reason, Mike Williams left the game on a cart, could barely walk out of the stadium, but it has been announced that he had back spasms and is expected to be ready for next week's game. So Mike Williams does not seem uh, to be a long-term injury. Um, I'll start here. I was hoping to get a bargain with the Chargers this week because I'm very high on the Chargers going forwards. They didn't look great today. I don't know how much if I, stock I put into the game today, like whatever regular season finale. Pretty healthy on defense. Defense has improved a lot in recent weeks. Full complement of weapons on offense, like healthy for the first time in a while. So I think people just start, need to start thinking about the Chargers as like what the preseason expectation was for the team rather than like all the struggles that they had this year, where maybe you'll look at their metrics and you'll be like, oh, they're not top 10 in anything while well, they had so many injuries. We, we in my opinion, are not getting a, val a bargain on the Chargers anymore because I think when we had discussed this potentially being a game, Clive, a couple weeks ago, we said maybe it'll be a pick, Chargers small favor, minus one. Minus two and a half is a challenging one, I think. I 100% agree with that. I I actually still, even today, thought it would be open closer to minus one and a half and maybe get bet up to this number, um, but I didn't expect it to open here. Different markets nowadays, obviously. Um, I I don't know which way this number is going to move. I almost feel like it's going to just hang around in this area. I honestly do. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of interest in the Jags if they fully get to three. Um, I know, you know, Pat's mentioning this in the chat that Lawrence looked awful yesterday. Trevor Lawrence finishes the season top 10 in EPA per play and success rate for quarterbacks. After a very, I'll be like, you know, very frank about it, a shitty start to the season. Like really turned it yeah. on in the latter half of the year. Um, it's three with Lawrence would be appealing. As much as I would rather be on the Chargers, three with Lawrence would be appealing. Yeah. And as bad as Lawrence looked yesterday, it felt I'm not out there, right? Like, it's so hard to understand motivation and nerves and stuff like that. 
just like a couple balls high, just some not jumpy. Jumpy's not the right word. I don't know what the right word is, but either way, he wasn't what we'd seen for the previous five to six weeks. And it didn't seem like it was because of pressure from the defensive perspective. It just seemed like maybe he was a little tight under the pressure. Hard to know. Does he have that out of his system? Also hard to know. Um, I think this, this total, and I understand it's a playoff game, but this total might seem a hair light for me, like at 46 and a half. I, I, I'm surprised that there's 46 and a halfs out there, uh, being honest with you. as well. So I'm in agreement with you. Uh, I'm surprised that there's 46 and a halfs on the board. They're mostly recreational books. Uh, if we look to the offshore space at, you know, someone that's a little bit more respected, we're seeing a 47. I, I would not have sent out 46 and a half. And I think I'd be surprised if it closes under 47. I, I know, I know, I, I agree. Playoff game. Um, you know, these the, the offenses have the, advan- the advantage in this game. For sure. Neither of these two defenses are, are in any way, shape, or form dominant. I would have sent out 47 and a half personally. And what I've been shocked, I, I would have expected probably action on both sides, maybe a little bit more public on the over than under, but uh, 46 and a half does seem a little light. One thing, and, and I'll speak about it in specific to this game, that I've noticed uh, over the course of several years now in regards to these wildcard round matchups is the market tends to fade the quarterback that's making their first career playoff start. This isn't a rule of thumb, by the way. You'll find examples when the market moves in their, that direction. But for the most part, again, not a rule of thumb, if you get a quarterback on their first career playoff start, there's a lot of historical trends, albeit small sample size, that are not flattering for those quarterbacks for the most part. We have a game here where it's both quarterbacks making their first career playoff start. So we can get, you know, we don't have to talk about that or whatever. We will get a different situation in Brock Purdy later on. But I just wanted to point that out. Um, You know, like, again, and this is why, this is why narrative stuff and trends are like, you, you can you can twist them however you want, right? Because essentially this was a win and in game, right? There's no difference in it, it being a playoff game, what they just played against the Titans, right? So maybe he's already got that out of the way. Yeah, like this is that was a, a pretty pressure-packed situation enough to where, I mean, I, he probably treated it as a playoff game in his head. Yeah. Um, okay, let's... Uh, Let's go gut feeling uh, or let's look. No one's going to hold us to this closing number in the game, closing point spread and total. Let's each give one. Uh, two and a half, 47. Okay. Wait, 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 way to go out. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and give the exact same two numbers, two and a half and 47 uh, for me as well. Um. Uh, I I can't see it closing as much as as much as I think that there is the market wants to support the Chargers. I don't know that it will hang on three. I think someone would bet it back. Yeah, I, I think that's that's too much. And 
I so I was somebody who had a lot of interest in the Jags early this season and was disappointed. And now they are the playing more like the team. And the same thing for the from the Chargers for for a good degree. Um, but I didn't bet the Chargers as often, I don't think, as I did the Jags. Either way, I, I do have a little bit of interest at the Jags at two and a half. Couple questions here. Scott asked, does the public money change the market any differently than regular season? So I can speak to this having consulted for some offshore sports books in the past. And there's going to be more money on playoff games, especially since there's only six of them in the first round and the attention that the playoffs draw than the regular season. I only consulted for recreational books, no market making books, but there always came a decision, especially on one or two games where the trading team would elevate it to the executive team. So for example, they would say, Hey guys, we could potentially lose X amount on this game. We're comfortable booking this action because of our profiling of players. We know the sharps have bet this. We know our square players have bet this. We're comfortable with this position. Are you? And then the executive team would make a call on whether or not they would you know, want to try to balance the action a little bit more or not, potentially hang an off market number or whatever. I would am inclined to say that the public money doesn't have a ton of influence, but it does have slightly more than the regular season because you could get a sports book that is flooded in liability for a specific game that just doesn't want to take on that amount of risk. So that's my sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, And those are like, these are the exceptions. And I think when you read stuff on Twitter about, you know, public money and stuff like that. So, 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 so often the amount of money and liability on the game is not enough for the books to want to, to do that and kind of cut their margin, I guess we'll call it. Um, Playoffs, I would assume becomes a little bit more towards that line where they have to make a decision. And this is not knowing the inner workings, like you just mentioned, the Super Bowl is the only game where I would consider it a little bit more. And maybe the, the conference championship games where I think it's more likely to be a factor. But wild card weekend, I don't, I don't see it all that much. I, I mean, for those, who are, for those who are watching live here and have not watched my stuff before, you probably know, like, you wouldn't know where I stand on public betting. But I do not use the public bet percentages as any sort of tool for handicapping games, nor do I think that it is useful um, for the most part. There's people who will completely disagree with that. That's fine. Uh, Proof is in the pudding in terms of my success as a better and and my habits and what I do to come up with a number for a game. But to each their own, if you want to use that, I just don't think it's an advantage. But I would say that this is a scenario here. Like, Look, look at Green Bay and, um, and Detroit tonight, right? As just one example of a game that I think you, you, you tend to see things that are not too dissimilar from this in the playoffs, where the amount of money that came on Detroit at post was pretty massive. Like, like right at the end of the game, uh, before kickoff, about 10 to 15 minutes before, Circa, Pinnacle, uh, Chris, Bet Online, all, you know, anyone who's taking a big bet, moved to four 
very quickly, all in one one quick span. And I think you'll get situations like this in the playoffs where if if everyone is betting one side of the game, and when I say everyone, I'm talking about the public. If I were to get involved in that market as a pro better, I wouldn't get involved until late. So you might see some scenarios where the number just drifts out very far and then boom, like 15 minutes before game time, it gets hit back because there's no incentive for me to bet it out that early, if it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I wasn't surprised to see how much late money there was on the Lions today. And I'm assuming that something just happened. Or Yeah, it looks like Quay Walker pushed the athletic trainer of the Lions and is going to get uh, bounced. I think that's an ejection. Yep. Later. Thanks for coming out. Um, yeah. God, man. I... I, I, am I, I, I'm letting my personal bias get in here, which I, I don't often do. By the way, I hate Green Bay. My brother, <laughs> my, 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 my brother is a Packers fan. My, and he, if he's watching this, it's going to, you know, good thing Christmas passed and the gifts already happened. Let's just put it that way. I know that the 49ers Packers is such an appealing game to everyone and the 49ers Seahawks is not, but I could not stand another Aaron Rodgers playoff run. Like I would not be able to stand it. Like it would, I would, I would become ill from the Packers going deep into the playoffs. So I don't know if this is a national thing. Like one of the local, I call it a newspaper, New York post uh, keeps putting out like Aaron Rodgers, Mallory Edens kind of stuff. I don't know if that's national or not. <laughs> She's the daughter of, I guess, the owner of the Bucks. She was the one that was the NBA draft lottery, like God knows how many years ago. Uh, I mean, that's going to probably pop up too. If you see Aaron Rodgers, you know, in the playoffs next week, it's, I'm good on Aaron Rodgers. Let's just put it that way. I, I've, I've, I've had my fill of, of Aaron Rodgers. This is, this is, this is a great quote. Uh, Seattle is better so we can tease San Francisco. That's almost exactly what I was thinking, honestly. Uh, great, great for, for a bet from a betting perspective, there's a bet to be had right there, in my opinion. I think the likelihood San Fran beats Seattle is high. Um, would it be Geno Smith's first career playoff game as well? I don't think he's had any other playoff matchups anywhere I, I can't recall one maybe the chat will let us know if that's the case if it's not but uh also this is imagine pushing a trainer after a trainer saved an nfl <laughs> player's life a week ago you can't even make this shit up absolutely like when you put it in that in that context man some of these players quay walker like god like you gotta be dumb as a bag of rocks to do something like that yeah that's uh that's composure right there. That's solid. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to game number two, which we're pretending is the Saturday night game for purposes of going in some sort of order for now. Um, the Buffalo Bills hosting the Miami Dolphins. Um, we have Bills minus 10 uh, is the most common number, but anywhere up to Bills minus 11 right now. No total set for the game yet either. Um, 
I'm going to come out and just say this is obviously not a Tua number. Obviously. I think the likelihood of Tua playing in this game is pretty close to zero. Like it's sub 10%. Like how, how do they bring a guy back after three concussions in one year? I don't think we're going to see two again this year. Um, so that's, there's just no shot, not no shot. I mean, it, it's the NFL and these guys have like, you think they would learn from brain injuries and they just never, never ha- like, they don't care obviously, but um, as much as they say that they do, but it, it he, he ain't coming back. Ray ain't coming home. Ray ain't no, coming it's- home. It's it's over, um, and they're both of their backups have underwhelmed when they've played this year, for sure. Um, Ten still seems like a tough number to lay, though. So this is one game where I I have not run my number yet for the game. I'll have to bring in the data from today. Um, as well before I can finally do that. I don't foresee myself having a bet on this game because the like the Bills 35-23 win today is extremely misleading. They did not play a good game. How much of that was to do with obviously what happened on Monday Night Football last week? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I'm not going to try to guess that. But they got two special teams touchdowns in the game. And that ain't going to happen very often in the NFL. The Dolphins, oh my God, like it has to be Teddy for them because if it's Skyler Thompson, this game has to be 14 or higher. Like he is horrendous. I I have never seen someone just chuck it up as much as he does. Like when he's in the grasp about to take a sack, he's just flailing. Like, and these are, these are flutter balls. Like I cannot see Skyler Thompson in his, first career playoff start going into Buffalo and being anywhere close to remotely competitive. I cannot see that. Yeah. This is not the game where missing Von Miller is going to hurt the bills. So uh, it's got to go closer to 13 or 14. If it's Thompson, it just has to. I mean, Oh God, the lovey chat. Sorry. I'll bring that in in one second. Teddy and Teddy in the Buffalo cold with a broken finger on his throwing hand. No, thanks. Yeah. I mean, the more and more I think about it, the more and more, I just don't think that Miami is going to be able to score much in this one. I just don't. Wildcat Tyreek Hill. Just do it. But even, even he like rolled his ankle today. I know. Dylan Waddle got hurt. Like Teron Armstead presumably will be back next week, but who knows? Like, uh, I, I I don't really see this number going down is all I can say. I think it's going to go up. Now, like Buffalo closes what? Minus eight today against New England? I think they're deserving of being a much bigger favorite against Miami with a potentially with a backup quarterback either way. Yeah. I, listen, Miami was super fortunate to come out of today's game with a win. That game was on at, you know, the bar where – you know, I had all the games on today. It was ugly. It was so, so ugly. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Um, okay. We will get to the total in this game. Breaking news for all those who are listening on Monday. Um, Lovey Smith fired, which is like, <laughs> honestly, 
winning today's game is actually a fireball offense. So I, I, I don't wish ill on Lovey Smith or his family or anyone associated with him or whatever, but losing the first overall pick by going for a two-point conversion and coming from behind to beat the Colts, in my opinion, that is a huge fireball offense. Massive. Who says he didn't want that? By the way, like, who says he's not done with that situation? Honestly. Like, yeah. I – he a lot of respects for the not giving a fuck thing from him. Like, just really throwing two middle fingers in the air doing that with – I good for him, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know who's going to hire him at that point. He's not a good head coach. No, no. Lovey Smith is terrible. Coordinator, but um, – yeah. and I don't even know if he is as – now that the league has evolved, I don't know how good he is really relative to other DCs anymore. But, I mean, he really just lit a match on the way out. This, this, you know, he probably knew he was getting fired. It was a big middle finger to the York. Agreed. I, I, you know what? I, I, I do respect the guy because I, I know that he had a meeting with the owner this week, I think making a case for him sticking around or whatever. If they told him they're parting ways regardless and he just like coached the shit out of this game and he's like, fuck it, we're winning at all costs, then I, I have a lot more respect for the guy with like the double middle fingers as he walks out the door. That's that's epic right there. Yeah, love you, a true friend of Chicago. And <laughs> free 88, I was going to bring this point up, so thank you for putting it in the chat. He did cost the guy his share of like $2 million too. Uh, if that was the number, I think that was the number. I think there were three teams left. Um, there were there were three teams. They um, so we're talking about the circa millions. Um, two ended up splitting: Jaguars and Seahawks split. And the guy who caught the Colt lost the Colts. Uh, by the way, like I'm all for betting content and stuff like that, and maybe I'm contributing to the problem because I watched the videos. But like the guys recording him at the circa sportsbook after like the two point conversion, and he's just like watching. Responded. Like, yeah, $2 million get flushed down the drain. Like, how could you record even like you have to have some serious stones to pull out your camera and like record that guy and like walk around to the side of him and, you know, catch the side angle. And Like, who are these people? I haven't seen the video. Uh, I did see posts. I didn't watch it just because I felt God awful. But yeah, kind of rough. I mean, listen, I, I, again, betting content at the end of the day, it probably generated a ton of clicks and a bunch of views. I'm one of the assholes that ended up watching it. Cause I wanted to see the guy's reaction, but my God, I could never, ever, um, ever do that ever in any situation. Uh, this happened today as well. Steelers player yeah. performing CPR on a sack celebration. Um, I'm going to say this, Kyle, I agree that this is in horrible. Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? I'm, taste. I, I don't speak the English language too well. Horrible taste. Um, but I don't think it was like malicious. At like there, it was just a lack of thinking. You know what I'm saying? It was like in the moment they've probably done this. I've seen this celebration by the way many many times this year. I don't know if it's been the Steelers, but it's a league wide thing where they like pump the chest and the guy gets up off the ground. Like he's alive. I probably would have canned that celebration for the foreseeable future if it was me. But I'm assuming that nothing was going through through the heads there of these players. Like I honestly don't think that 
Like, I don't think it was intentionally malicious. It was just really stupid. Yeah, just really not a not reading the room, so to speak. Aaron Rodgers intercepted with 327 to go. Please, Lions, let's seal this deal here. Let's seal the deal. I don't need to, I don't need to, that was a horrible throw too into double coverage. Bad throw. All right. Um, in terms of the total, back back on track. Total, Miami and Buffalo. What did New England Buffalo close at today? That was 44, closing number. Steamed up on game day today, up from 43.5 to 44. Um, can't be The total can't be that high, right? I mean... Not with Miami's uh, quarterback situation. I mean, the difference Jets is Miami, Miami... 37, so... Yeah, the difference is Miami's defense is, is worse than, than New England's. Yeah, so is it two points worse of offense or more? It's probably more. I mean, if you think that's going to be 10, 11, 12 as a spread. And I I only have two books up that I see in – never mind, I'm not going to insult them. Uh, it's FanDuel and DraftKings, and I don't even see a total there yet. Uh, yeah, but we, we don't have total in market right now. If anyone sees a total, I got six tabs open in front of me, and I'm scanning through them, and uh, I don't see a total yet for this game. So, um, Is it 42 and a half, something like that, or yeah. even, even less? Yeah, 42 and a half sounds about right. Sounds about right. Uh, points bet has 44. I would think that's going to come down. If they let me bet there, I would. I probably auto bet that. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. Um, yeah, bet three six five forty five. I don't know. I might. I might. Well, I mean, I guess the Bills game soared over the total today. But like Maybe. you mentioned, two two uh, special teams special touchdowns. touchdowns, a turnover on the ten that led to another three points for New England. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I just don't know how the the, the Dolphins are going to put up all that many points. Like, I guess what what would an implied be at forty five, twenty seven and a half, seventeen and a half at yeah. ten? So, so even let's say forty four, the implied total is tw- the pl- implied final is twenty seven seventeen. If if that's the case, like Miami team total under, yeah, you no, know, like uh, like Bridgewater stinks now. He has had like a massive drop off from when he was a competent quarterback. I mean, he's got some experience, sure. If that's what you're looking for in the playoffs, Skylar Thompson. I don't even know what to say about this guy, but like. He ain't scoring 17 with Skylar Thompson. Like it would take a defensive score, maybe a special team score. Like he he is not an NFL quarterback right now. He's very young. Maybe that turns around, but he's not right now. Yeah, if that's if that's the case, if that's the number, like I could see the Buffalo side screaming over their team total. So if I could, I'd have more interest in the Miami team total under than the the game. 
the, the worst Skyler since Breaking Bad. Did you watch Breaking Bad? I did. Great show. She is. Skyler was the worst. My God. I mean, she was a very good actress. I don't know her name in real life. Because, oh. because she annoyed the shit out of me exactly like she was intended to do. Anna Gunn. Sorry. Go ahead. Anna Gunn. Yes. Boom. Nailed it. Uh, I did know that, actually. Um, oh, my God. Skyler from Breaking Bad. Definitely the worst Skyler. I'm going to give Skyler Thompson second worst, but Skyler from Breaking Bad. Jeez. Um, well, well, Jr. pretty bad. Walt Jr. was rough, yeah. God, Breaking Bad was such a great show. Great show. Uh, very, Our chat's really bringing it out the last episode of the season. Like, <laughs> For sure. Very cold take here. Uh, controversial, what I'm, I'm going to go with. Um, the final couple seasons of Breaking Bad, I could not handle Aaron Paul anymore. Like, Jesse was the fucking worst. Such an annoying downer complainer about everything. I wanted him to die like a million times before the episode. I could not handle that character. Which, I mean, again, was probably a sign of good acting. But holy shit. His, his character arc, like those, those final couple years were... I mean, he was depressed the entire series. It was always down in the dumps. But that was, uh, that was a tough watch. Not, yeah. not quite as bad as Walt Jr. and, uh, and Skyler. The episode where Walt Jr. gets drunk by the pool is, uh, is a classic. Yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of good episodes in there. Highly recommend for anyone in the chat who hasn't seen it. I don't want to spoil. Um, really it, good show. I, I mean, honestly, what, what is the, like the statute of limitations for spoilers? Like, if you haven't seen Breaking Bad by now, you're probably not going to. Like, where have you been yeah. living? I, I remember, not to go completely off topic, I guess we, we are a little bit, but like Game of Thrones, I don't think I started until season three midway. So it was hard not to know some of the stuff that even just happened there. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a fair point. I guess I got to catch up on House of Dragon before that shit happens to that show. Before we came on air, my wife was like, oh, what, what time are you going to be done tonight? I'm like, ah, probably midnight. She's like, oh, is, isn't it less games next week? Won't you be able to wrap up a little bit earlier? I'm like, yeah, you know what? Probably finish this episode around like 1115, 1130. <laughs> Good luck with that. We've uh, done yeah. a game and a half. We've done ish. Uh, closing point spread for Bills and Dolphins and closing total. I mean, probably 13 to 13 and a half. Um total i really uh i guess i'll go with 42 um the, in everyone in the chat like this is not something that i'm confident in like this is not something that i've put any significant like time or numbers into like i normally do so to take it for what it's worth um i won't go as high as 13 because i think maybe there will be some interest uh, in bridgewater at 13 let's say uh buffalo minus 11 and a half kind of a dead zone and a total of 43 and a half. Yeah. Okay. Um, Giants and Vikings, which we presume is going to start Sunday at one o'clock. Um, these teams played a few weeks ago. The Minnesota Vikings closed as a four and a half point favorite in that game. They won the game by three. They got badly outplayed, in my opinion. 
Uh, Giants 6.9 yards per play. Vikings 5.0. Difference in the game was penalties, and the Giants had a minus two turnover margin. Um, I don't see any scenario here where the Giants don't take money, in my opinion. Okay. You can disagree with me. And and I listen for me. It's it's incredibly challenging for me to put numbers on Vikings games because they are skewed by my own model numbers on Vikings games, and I haven't really been in line with the market on them for a lot. But I think the Giants are going to draw some serious market support. To I mean, to what end? Meaning, like. So what I'm seeing is is around th- minus three flat. Is that what you're seeing? Like, uh, that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm seeing right now. Yes. Yeah. I I have such a hard time with this Viking team, uh, honestly. But I think I have, like, it's the two teams that have probably had the most win loss luck of any two teams this entire season. Right. I mean, the Vikings played their starters for a lot of today's game. The Giants essentially had a bye. Now, like, they played the game, but it was mostly backups. They held out players. Leonard Williams was hurt. Aziz Ojolari was hurt. Um, I mean... They pulled Davis Webb off the turnpike and let him start today. So, they, I mean... They like... quite literally did. Sign him off the practice roster and let him start, yes. So, I mean... Maybe I'm wrong here. I, um, I, 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 I could be totally off base here. Totally off base. Again, I think the Giants are going to take a lot of money. A lot of money. I kind of was surprised at this number again. Like I, I haven't updated any of my own data or anything like that. I thought this would open maybe minus three minus 120 i was kind of thinking that was going to be the number so i was a little surprised to see what i've seen so far um okay so that's good we kind of have a a disagreement on where this is going to be um and maybe again this is just me undervaluing minnesota but i think the giants are better than minnesota i literally on a neutral field i would make the giants better than minnesota that i wouldn't do uh i think it's probably Well, I just don't particularly like either team. I think the Giants are better coached, and I think that's kind of what sways me to make this game closer than I think my eyes think it should be, if that makes any sense at all. Um, yeah. Um, uh, that's. I think that's where the edge really lies for the Giants. Okay. So we're going to be on. We think we think markets moving in different directions on this one. Yeah. To- total. Um, I believe. Trying to remember when these teams last played, but I think it was forty-seven and a half. I'd have to double check that. Let's see what I can do here. What week was yeah. it? Do you remember? It was. Uh, I think it was week sixteen. If it wasn't week sixteen, it the was one week before 15. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, no. No. After. After. Um, Minnesota Giants week 16, literally two weeks ago. 
is just not showing up. Did they play? No. The Eagles Giants. Yeah, anyone in the chat have it? What the fuck anyone anyone off the top of their head, if they have. Uh... 49 is what it closed at at Bookmaker, 48 at Circa. Okay. Four and a half was the, the number that it closed at. So Minnesota's defense, pretty dog shit, but it will be an indoor game. Um, that's probably the starting point on the total, right? I mean, maybe a little bit lower again because it's a playoff game, but I think that's not a bad number. Which one, 48 or 49? 48. Yeah, uh, I think the under would probably draw money at that number. Personally. So do so do I because the end of that so the the final score of their game three weeks ago was twenty seven twenty four. All that scoring happened in the fourth quarter. I think there's twenty seven points in the fourth quarter. Like it was a dead nut under game, and then just went over. So, um. And I had that week, that game, I had the Vikings at three and a half. That's what, that was the number that I had. And I kind of, I guess, somewhat of downgraded them like through my thought process to being three minus 120. That's where I have it. I, I watched that game. I mean, I wasn't impressed by either team. And not much has changed. Uh, unless, am I missing something injury-wise that New York's getting somebody back? I mean – it. From that game, there wasn't a big, there wasn't anything big that I recall in that game. Um, maybe their tight end Bellinger was out, nothing significant. So, um, tough one, but maybe this is just my general disdain for the Vikings. Um, this will be a stay away game for me, in all honesty. Maybe I'll, I'll pick at the total, but I don't, I don't have a good enough feel for either of these two game teams to. Unless the number gets completely out of whack, out of range, that I don't like. If it gets to four and a half, like it did that week, then yes, I will be on the Giants. So Bellinger played. Uh, Adoree Jackson might be back, yes, which would be big at corner for them. Um, here's the thing: like since that game, Minnesota's lost their right tackle. I don't know if Garrett Bradbury is ready to come back at center. If he is not, they're also without their second string center. Like yeah, the offensive line is a disaster. By the way, it's officially done. The Detroit Lions just went for it on fourth down. Jared Goff hits DJ Chark, fourth and one. Sometimes you have to have the balls and end the game, and they did, and they ended Green Bay's playoff chances. So it's going to be Seattle and San Fran and a bitter pill to swallow for Lions fans because Baker Mayfield through a ball to the moon instead of slinging one in to a wide open receiver down the field for an INT. Do you know what's my field? Ruining dreams. That that ball was thrown so high in the air. Like it he had an open receiver and it took so long for the ball to get there. It was uh absurd, pretty unreal. Um yep. The roar has been restored. The roar has been restored. A successful year of not making the playoffs, but onwards and upwards for the Lions fans. Uh, okay, prediction for closing numbers for Minnesota and Giants. 
I wouldn't be surprised if it closes just at three flat, but that's not where my number is. That's where I think maybe the market probably hangs around, but you tend to have a better feel for, you know, the spread side of things than I do. So maybe it does get to like two and a half minus 120, something like that, but. Okay. My prediction is Minnesota minus one and a half closing number with a total of 48. I think the total is going to come down to 47 personally. Um, I just don't think the Giants' offense is really good. Um, They're not, but the Vikings' defense is so bad that it's like I know they have a terrible passing, you know, pass defense. I, I, I just don't know that the Giants, with their deficiencies at wide receiver, tight end, are going to be the ones to kind of exploit that. I see the game going, as you kind of mentioned, more towards the first three quarters. Yep. Um, than the last quarter of that game. Yep. Um, Kanish getting a shout out in the chat. And uh, I would pour one out for him, but I'm not going to waste a beer. So it's a big one for Kanish tonight. Gets a little bit of redemption. Redemption story. Spoiler. Okay, let's do these other three games here. Um, Baltimore at Cincinnati. Early numbers are roughly minus five and a half to minus six and a half. Um, did Cincy beat them in both games this year? If so, which I think that they did, then we are going to get the, um, you know, it's hard to beat a team three times in a season. I don't think that, I believe I looked that up. A while ago, and there's actually no credence to that. No, they 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 lost the first game, 1917, in Baltimore. I remember that one. Lamar played that. Oh uh, yeah, that was that was early Bengals. Yeah, that was early Bengals. Um, the Bengals lost their right guard, Alex Kappa, today to injury, which is a blow because they're already missing the right tackle, Lyle Collins, um, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins both left the game but returned at different points. I think Tyler Boyd was in concussion protocol or being checked for a concussion wasn't in protocol. And I think T. Higgins just got like – looked like he broke some ribs, but he was able to come back. Um, decently banged up offense, I would say. The question is who is going to play quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens in this game? Because I'll be floored if it's Anthony Brown in a playoff game. Because that guy blows. Lamar Jackson has gone five weeks now of did not practice, did not practice, did not practice. I don't know that it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to play next week. After another week of three DNPs. So you think this line is with Hunt Huntley? Here's what I'm going to say. I think this line is short if it's Huntley, and I think it's too much if it's Lamar. Yeah. So I almost feel like it's an in-betweener. I could be wrong. Maybe I, I like quarterback evaluation is difficult to do in the market, right? Especially I know the way that I do things versus other people, but like 
I don't know. I I would expect like Cincy minus four if it's Lamar, and a, honestly, probably a touchdown or more if it's Huntley. Like there's a yeah. I was going to say seven and a half on yeah. on Huntley, and I mean maybe it gets to eight something like that. I don't know. Uh, but I think six is five and a half is six is too light if it's Huntley. Um, I'm kind of with Connor where I I would have had it probably four and a half or but. Yeah, I I think that's the only way to really think about the game. You kind of have to split it and just say, who do you think the quarterback's going to be and, and set two lines, which kind of I know is annoying, especially come playoff time. But, I mean, I don't know how often a quarterback has been out for the length that Lamar Jackson's been out too and then come back to start a playoff game and how successful they have been. It's also a very interesting situational component in that the teams play back-to-back weeks which is unusual and you basically had the Ravens I don't want to say phone it in today but pretty much that's what they did like Mark Andrews didn't play and if you watched it I bet the Bengals minus seven today so I I watched a lot of that game and very vanilla play calling but they still were kind of somewhat in it which was weird um I just don't like betting against Joe Burrow. Like Joe Burrow, if you had to guess, last 23 games that he started, what his record is against the spread. Well, unfortunately, I see what he is this season, so it's kind of unfair. Um, Just because I got PFF up. Um, I mean, he's probably, with last season too, he's probably around 70 75%, something like that. So – Arbitrary endpoint, obviously, 23 games, but he is 20 and three against the spread. Joe Burrow. Like, maybe the market just doesn't accurately capture something with the Bengals. Like, I've bet football for a long time. There were many years where Tom Brady and the Patriots got faded in market like every week, and they just kept covering spreads over and over. And people used to say to themselves, myself included, oh, the Patriots are always going to be inflated on a weekly basis. They're always going to be inflated. People think that they're bet- like, and they just kept covering. I, I think we started, you probably started before I did. Um, I think I was maybe betting them earlier in the season before you did, but I think you had them higher in your power rankings before most people did, where you had them more closely to the three, four, five range than almost everybody that I remember. So the first, the first bet I made in the off season was Ravens over their season win total. And then what happened was by the time we got to the start of the season or close to it, I had virtually no difference between the Bengals and the Ravens and the Ravens were priced like favorites to win the North. And I bet the Bengals at that time. I remember doing a show with Gil Alexander. The what, but like, pet peeve of mine. Here we go on a tangent. Kanish loves to bring up that interview because Gil asked me about one team that I'm down on heading into the year. And I said, the Detroit Lions, I think, are overrated by market. And they're the team that I don't, I don't see. I said, mediocre quarterback with a really bad defense. I don't see that team winning that many games. Also in that interview, I said the Eagles are a great bet to win the division. Love the Eagles season win total over. 
the Jags to win the AFC South, the Bengals to win the AFC North. And I'm going to get flack for the rest of my life from that fuckstick, Kanish, for the Detroit Lions. End rant. End rant. Well, I I actually agreed with you at the time. So, uh, for what it's worth, I mean, their offense actually turned out to be much, much better than I expected. I mean, they were a cover machine last year. I get that. But I'm looking at the uh, – the team tiers on RB SDM and just looking at this compressed like middle tier where the lions are at the tail of the one tier being incredibly good on the offensive side and awful God, God awful on the defensive side. Right. Um, okay. So the chat is starting to, to tell us that the playoff schedule is rolling in. I just have to confirm that this is correct because logically does it make a whole lot of sense to me, but Seattle San Fran now changes everything, right? Because of, um, um, it's that just not a that one. Yeah. It's not, well, it can't be because it's San Fran. So it's gotta be the Sunday at uh four 30. It's gotta be like the middle game, right? Cause they would never oh, put a uh, San that's Fran true. home game at, at one o'clock. Um, so that like sorts itself. Cause they're not going to put that into prime time. Um, so that that changes everything around, essentially everything. Um, okay, so Saturday, Seattle, San Fran, Chargers, and Jacksonville. So Chargers, Jacksonville goes into the night slot, which I like. I like that there's exposure on Saturday night there. Um, Monday night football, Tampa Bay, Dallas. What's interesting is that they made Baltimore Cincy Sunday night football. Ravens Bengals Sunday night football. Miami Buffalo gets the one o'clock, and the Giants Minnesota gets the four thirty. Is it a get off my lawn kind of take to say that I don't like a Monday night game on the wild card weekend and that I just think all six games should be Saturday and Sunday? I agree with you, but there's too much money at stake. I it's get not, it. It's not a get off my lawn take. I totally agree with you. But it is what it is. Isn't it past Tom Brady's bedtime? Can he do that? Monday, Tom Brady, prime time. There's either a very strong trend in favor of his numbers in prime time, or very strong trend against. I don't know what it is, but that trend will be brought up this week in prime time. Mm. You know it will. It's one less night on the single scene for Tom Brady. It's kind of you know seems a little messed up. Selfish of the NFL. Yeah. Um, I don't mind the Monday night game, says JetBlue Amigo. Little do you know, JetBlue Amigo, that I will be doing live streams for the primetime games in the wildcard weekend. So that's just an extra day that I have to work, which kind of sucks. Nobody let, wins. Yeah. But I am planning to do live streams. Announcement, formal announcement coming this week. Formal announcement. All right. Um, Cowboys at Bucks, Monday Night Football. Market is three everywhere. Juiced towards Tampa in most spots, meaning that you'll see a lot of plus three, minus one fifteens. Uh, no widely available total just yet. I think this might come off of three. 
I agree. I'm with you. Dallas just looks really bad. They suffer another injury in the secondary today with uh, Deron Bland leaving the game and not returning. Um, still without their center, Tyler Biotish. Don't know if he'll be back to play. Um, God, I hate the Bucks. But there is a pretty clear path to success if they do decide to throw the ball in this game. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, man. It's going to be so painful to watch the Cowboys lose to the Bucks. God, it's going to be painful. Well, especially how good, too, it seemed like uh, Dallas looked earlier in the year. Like, they've just continued to trend and trend and trend downward. And what was their strength was their defense, getting yep. pressure, things yep. like that. And they're just not – right now, they're not the same defense. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, – I don't want to go quite as far as dumpster fire, but <laughs> – I mean, it's getting there. It's getting there. This The problem is, you know, here's what sucks, right? You got the Chargers who play the Jags. That's two teams that I would have loved to bet on as underdogs in, in the first round, in a, in a wild card round. You got the Cowboys and Bucks, two teams that I probably would have loved to fade who are playing one another. Um, I mean, we don't pick the matchups or whatever, but uh, yeah, I... So, I, I mean, there's very, very uh, – I think I'm on a, my lonesome here in terms of the chat where, like, people think that it's a short price on Dallas from what I'm reading. So, here's what I would say, and I struggle with this at some time, sometimes myself, where I handicap a game and think through a game – the way that I think it should and what's optimal. And then the coach does something completely batshit nuts. So is Todd Bowles and somebody put in the chat. I, I mean, I was thinking the same thing. Basically is Todd Bowles going to just try and play ball control offense and run, you know, a bunch on first down shitty EPA success rate and find a way to lose the game. Or is he going to open up the playbook a little bit? I don't want to say let Tom Brady cook because he's still, I mean, like even against Atlanta today, I think he was like 11 of 17 or something for like 80 yards. Not, weren't they losing when he left the game or was it tied? Maybe I think it was tied when he left. Um, I don't know if they got a big turnover. Like I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering. There were a bunch of games on, um, but it was tied when he left. I mean, listen. I, I'm not, I'm not going to get into like the the Brady playoff narratives and stuff like that. I'm also not going to pull the card of like I have a pretty good read on my team because I definitely get Dallas games wrong a lot. But I don't like it. I don't like the matchup. I remember week one of the season where the Bucks defense just shut down the Cowboys offense. Couldn't really do a whole lot. I'm not liking the way Dak's playing now. Thinking INT in seven straight games. I mean, he threw a pick six after almost throwing a pick six today. He literally <laughs> followed up a, a pick six worthy play with a, a pick six. He's not a drop back passer right now. Uh, I I don't. I think this is going to come off three to two and a half. I think this yeah. is going to close two and a half. 
And I'll be honest, I do have interest at Dallas at two and a half. Fair enough. Maybe it can't close two. Maybe it has to just close three no matter what. Maybe it just, like, that has to be the number. And like, we're talking... continuously more juiced. Like, maybe it's... Yeah. Know, minus, minus. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. Like, we're talking razor-thin margins in the playoffs here, right? Like, I know everyone's in the chat here, and people are watching this show, and they're listening to it because they want to bet the playoffs. And I completely understand that. But, like, these games are not going to move a lot. It's not difficult to line these, right? Like, it really isn't that challenging. Um, maybe it just has to be three. Like, the thought of capturing three with either team is probably going to be very appealing to someone someone influential out there. True. FanDuel is moving. Like, I could see FanDuel moving, like, as we're talking on the San Francisco-Seattle game. The FanDuel opener, which I saw was six and a half. I can't even tell you how bad of an opener that is. Now, it does not cost FanDuel anything because the limits are fairly low on that opener, but that is a horrible opener. Like, we'll shift to this game in a second. Oh, Jesus, now it's eight and a half. It's going to go up from that problem. No, I know. I, I just, I'm shocked that it was like, this is just happening. I'm just like watching it happen. Yeah. That I, was... I know. I, I see that in real time sometimes and I get frustrated too, but like realistically, and by the way, I don't mean to disparage anyone's bet size. Totally do what you got to do. Like plain and simple. I don't care. Bet openers if you have to, but you know, I, this, I'm not getting excited about going to FanDuel and hitting a six and a, minus six and a half opener. Like it's not going to, do anything for my life. So um, anyone who did in this chat right now, great job. Cause that's a great price. Great yeah. price. Like anything short of seven is an absurdly good price. That, that was kind of stunning and I didn't, I definitely didn't bet it, but good for you guys. Anybody who got in at six and a half. We'll uh, we'll wrap up Tampa Bay Dallas with the total in the game. I have no fucking clue. Um, what was today's line for Dallas? Not Dallas. Um, the Tampa Bay game. Tampa, Tampa was 40 and, a half, 40 and a half. Okay. Last week, Tampa, Carolina, 41. And what's Dallas been hanging around at lately? I I think so. I'm just using market implied of what I think that these teams are, and I think 45 is a fair price, like where right around where we would see. I do think that there's going to be an appetite for the over in this game. I could be wrong, but we're getting very very thin in the Dallas secondary now. Very thin. God, both these teams are run first, though, which is painful. Yes, Dallas-Philly closed at 48 two weeks ago. Yeah, this is kind of one where I think you split the difference where, you know, the Tampa games have been around 40 and a half, 41, 41 and a half, and the Dallas games have been somewhere between 47 and a half and 49-ish, something like that. So I think 44 and a half is probably where I'd put it. 
Yeah. if it opens 45, will the initial interest be the under because of what you just mentioned? Probably. I, I, I think tough playoff game that changes a lot of things, but Dallas yeah. has a beat up secondary beat up. Like, I don't, I don't know how someone's going to come in and flood this with under money. Now, granted they played earlier in the year. The game was a pure under. I completely get that. But like, well, they were like oh five in the red zone of, of converting into touchdowns or something like that. Like they were that was a huge field goal game. So Tampa well, that, did move the ball. I remember that was week that. one. Tampa moved yeah. up and down the field and they just kept kicking field goals. They just bogged in the red zone every time. That was fully healthy Dallas defense, right? Now you take away, you know, three of their top four cornerbacks. The 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 thing is like the, the why this game is kind of unbettable to me is Tampa does the same shit every week, right? Like it literally takes them going down 14 points to Carolina before they're like, oh, you know what? Maybe we should stop handing off to Leonard Fournette, this 80-year-old senior citizen on first down who just runs into the defensive line every single play. And maybe we should throw the ball downfield to Mike Evans. Like maybe this is a good idea. If Tampa just comes out and they put Brady in shotgun – and they run like a hurry up, they'll score five touchdowns in this game. But this will that would be the greatest swerve of, of all time in NFL coaching. Like where Bowles is just putting this on tape, game in, game out, game in, game out, and then all of a sudden, like just opens it up with Tom Brady. Now I don't know if Tom Brady can still execute the way that you know. It, it would act it would actually be the one of the greatest, like, you know head fakes in the history of the NFL. If Bulls went an entire season just handing off on first down to Fournette over and over, and then they came out in the playoffs and just, it was like all out aerial attack. That'd be fantastic. I'd, I'd, I'd applaud that. Yeah. I, I'm um, not optimistic of that though. Okay, let's predict, um, let's predict our closers in this, in this one. Uh, Tampa plus three minus one twenty, and then uh, total forty four. Okay, Tampa three minus one twenty. I agree with that price. Total forty five and a half. Okay. All right. Final game. Brock Purdy first career start in the playoffs. At home to Geno Smith, also first career start in the playoffs. As we established, the uh, Bet365 and FanDuel openers of 6.5 for San Fran were horrendous numbers. Very, very, very bad. Very, very bad numbers. Um, I'm looking around now to see what we get. Um, And guess what's happening now? Pinnacle's opening up. Oh, baby. Here we go. Pinnacle is at San Fran minus 10 and a half at home to Seattle. Um, That to me is a little steep and it's extremely unfortunate because God, I would have liked the San Francisco 49ers at a smaller price. 
10 and a half, man. Wow. I was thinking nine and a half was probably the number that I would have opened. I, I, maybe it would have got to 10. I really don't know. Um, 10 and a half seems too much. It does. Like, I love San Fran, but 10 and a half is. You want to lay that margin with Brock Purdy, who has no playoff experience. I personally don't. You know what sucks, though? What sucks is we don't get the San Fran teaser. I was just thinking the same thing. Like, I didn't even see it in chat. I'm like, damn. Like, I can't. I'm like, 13-point teaser? Honestly, this is probably a very good opener, though, because it's not quite enough. I mean, I'd have to think about it a lot more, but it's not quite enough where I'm I'm super interested in Seattle, but, like, I can't lay it with San Fran either. It's, it's a pretty good price, I think. Yeah. Um, this total is 41 and a half at pinnacle. That's going up. I feel very confidently that that's too low for a Seattle game. Unfortunately, I think that's true. Like that, that's, that's too low. It, it's actually just getting bent up right now. It's moving to 42 and a half literally as I type, as I speak and the Seahawks down to 10. So we got, we got some, got some movement happening here. Yeah. San Fran's going to score, t- like, un- un- unless Purdy has, like, one of those shit-your-pants first career playoff starts, San Fran is going to score points in this game. Like, the 49ers offense is fucking scary good. Like, especially the way Kittle's playing now, they just get the ball out. Like, the thing with that Purdy's doing well is he's pl- he's running the offense like Jimmy G, where it's like, yeah, just let these guys do their thing. Get Christian McCaffrey the ball. And he's going to pick up eight yards himself on every single play because that's what he does. Get the ball to Debo. Get the ball to Kittle. Like, he's just distributing well. Yeah, the, the, their offense has not been based on, like, strong vertical. It's yards after the catch. It's getting the ball into playmakers' hands in space, which is why McCaffrey made sense for them. Um, I don't know. Can the total get up to 44, though, with the 49ers defense? Like, I see it at 43 now. I was thinking 44 would probably be the cap, but – I, I think so too. I don't think it can get to 44 without getting bet back under, but I think 43 and a half is probably a very solid close. Yeah. I'm with you. No yeah. disagreement there. 10, 43 and a half. I think that's probably about right. I agree. I agree. Uh, just giving everyone an update as, uh, as you know, market makers are, are opening games uh, now. And then like, you know, the rest of the market is going to follow suit as is pretty typical. Uh, just really want to quickly bring these in here so I can give a, a full picture of uh, what's going on. So we do have openers across the board uh, at Circa and Pinnacle, uh, San Fran, Seattle. Circa's already gone up to 43 and a half, just so we're aware. Uh, Pinnacle still 42 and a half, juiced over. Then we have Jacksonville and the Chargers. Circa is at Pickham in this game right now, which is in between where we expected it. Uh, and Pinnacle is at minus two. Chargers minus two. Superbook, so, it looks like minus one and a half. They look like, I think they just put out their numbers. And they're at 46 and a half for a total. Should be noted that 46 and a half for Circa, Pinnacle 47, juiced heavily to the under. 
So kind of in the range that we talked about, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's appetite for over 46 and a half. Uh, maybe, maybe, no, I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just reading these all wrong. Cause playoffs is a completely different animal, but um, that's my first impression um, in terms of Cowboys and bucks. Pinnacle opened on two and a half Cowboys. It's since been bet up to three. So Cowboys minus two and a half minus one twenty has been bet up to minus three. And Superbook has Dallas minus three minus one twenty. So if you want Tampa uh, three at a short price, you can get even money at three at Superbook if that's what which way you're leaning. Cincy, Baltimore, off the board. So neither Circa, Pinnacle, Chris has opened it. Oh, here we go. Circa opened it right now. Bengals minus six and a half, 44 and a half. Um, Vikings openers at Circa and Pinnacle are both two and a half. So very uh, clearly off of the three in those games. Interestingly enough, Circa is above 47 at 47 and a half. Pinnacle's at 46 and a half. I got to imagine that gets bet over. I got to imagine that gets, but that's, that's low for a, a Vikings game. Yeah. I've seen 47 on Superbook, and they just moved there to minus three plus a hundred from minus three, minus minus one ten. So giants, I don't know if they took a bet for that or not, but yeah, that's more like the price you were talking about. Yep. And then uh, the Bills at Circa opened uh, 10 and a half and 43 and a half. Playoffs are tough. I mean, I don't know how much betting you do in the NFL for playoffs. I mean, for me, if I'm betting the playoffs, it's honestly more in fun, so to speak. Like, it's more entertainment than it is me finding a lot of strong edges because I, I think it's difficult to. Handicap the playoffs for me personally. I actually love this comment from Daniel. How was Trey Lance so bad with this team? <laughs> like they gave up so much draft capital to, to move up and get Trey Lance. And then it's the seventh round pick. That's just like, I don't know. I couldn't tell you, but that, that, that seemed like a reach at the time. And I mean, granted he's been injured for a lot of his career, so it's hard to say for sure, but um, that's been uh, a bit of a struggle um, for those who want more NFL content this week. It is the playoffs. We'll be doing some more stuff here on Forward Progress. Some live shows midweek. We're looking at Wednesday and Friday, noon Eastern time. It's going to be an assortment of all the cast that you see covering the NFL at Hammer HQ and Forward Progress. So be sure to tune in. A more formal announcement will get tweeted out from the Hammer HQ and from Forward NFL on Twitter if you want to follow either of those accounts. But we do have plan to have live content. As mentioned earlier in the show, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night. I'm planning to do live streams. I did this last year on Twitter spaces, Manning cast style, bringing in people on a quarterly basis. It's going to be back in video form. Monday is going to be especially tough for me to do as a Cowboys fan. Watching Dallas lose to Tampa Bay in front of an audience ain't going to be fun, but we'll have some fun with it. Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night. So that's going to be Chargers Jags stoked for that to be the first one that I'm doing. 
Ravens, Bengals, maybe not as stoked, but I think I'm going to have a bet in this game. Um, and then Cowboys and Bucks on Monday Night Football. Before we sign off, Super Bowl prediction and best future bet. Tough for me to say best future bets off the top of my head. How about we do Super Bowl prediction and one team that we think, um, let's say, is playing a road playoff game that can do some damage? We're going to say the same team. Are we? I think so. I think we're both going to say the Chargers. Uh, we're going to say the Chargers, but I have a... I don't know why I believe that the Giants have a run in them, but I feel like the Giants have a run. I feel like Brian Dayball is such a good coach, and I look around sometimes, and I'm like, this team has a run in them. I think that's the most likely upset of this week. I, I don't consider the Chargers an upset. Like at one and a half, like to me, like those numbers are too short. I, I think they're the team that has the best chance to win this week, especially on the road. That's an underdog. Okay. Um, Super Bowl matchup. I'm going to say the San Francisco 49ers and the Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Bengals are the best value left in the futures market for the Super Bowl. Um, that's what I feel. I don't like enough what I've seen from the Bills at their price, and I don't like what I've seen from the Eagles at their prices either. Um, I think the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs are really good. <laughs> so, so let me let me put it this way. The, Super Bowl matchups, like, I honestly, I, I'm doing this. I'm doing this for the crowd that wants a Super Bowl prediction. I could care less if I get this right or wrong. My feeling is that the Bengals are closer to the Bills and Chiefs than people give them credit for. Yes, and like because of that, I just want to pick them. And also, like, Joe Burrow is just like the guy just fucking wins games. Like, he just finds a way to pull out these games. I know it's. Like, this is just like pure bar talk, like conversation I've had with my friends. It's not backed by any numbers or science or whatever. But like, I don't want to bet against Joe Burrow in a big game. And I think the 49ers, even with Purdy, like I understand all the reservations you might have about that team. But God, they have so many playmakers. And... They're my big like, future position that I have left. Like, it's the 49ers, so I'm with you there. Um, From the AFC, I I think we're going to get a Chiefs 49ers rematch from a couple years ago. That's what I think we're going to get. There's lots of possible matchups. As long as the Vikings aren't in the Super Bowl or the Bucks, like, there's some teams I just can't, I cannot do with. I actually have, by the way, a Bucks Super Bowl future ticket. This is a true story. This bet was placed immediately when Tom Brady announced that he was coming back. I have the Bucks at 40 to 1 to win the Super Bowl right now. I still cannot root for them in any capacity. Like, I cannot do it. Like, from a pure fandom perspective, 
and and by the way, I'm not I'm like I'm not dismissing team like I was about to say I don't want to see Seattle in the Super Bowl, but they can't make it anyways. After the Nick Foles Philadelphia year, anyone can make the Super Bowl and win it. So I won't dis- discount a team, but it would feel very disappointing if it wasn't one of Bills, Chiefs, or Bengals in the AFC. And in my opinion, one of Cowboys, Eagles, or 49ers in the NFC. If we get any matchup not involving those six teams, I feel it'd be a little bit disappointing. I wouldn't mind seeing the Chargers. And I'm not just saying that because of what we just said before that I, I how would could love I to forget see. the how could I forget the Chargers? My guy, Herbert. I would be interested to see how Staley kind of mucks up that Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what? Staley, as much as this guy, I don't know what the fuck he's doing playing his starters in today's game, or like that playing Herbert in that game earlier in the year when he has broken ribs. Don't don't no don't know anything about that. However, give the guy some credit, man. Like, I understand you have Justin Herbert. They had so many injuries this season. They did. Like, that team is, like, cursed. And here they are just coming down the stretch, playing better on defense, offense and getting it together. Like, the Chargers do feel like they have a run in them. The Chargers' most likely scenario is playing the Chiefs in the second round of the playoffs. They've played two close games with the Chiefs this year. Like, they can play the Chiefs tight. They can. And they could win that game. So, um, man, God, I love the NFL playoff. I love this league so much, man. These next two weeks are my favorite two weeks of football. Like, some people love college. I'm less inclined to love college. But it's wild card and divisional weekends are by far my favorite weekends in sports. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's conference. It's, it's championship Sunday because of my, my tradition with my group of friends. Like that's when I, the only day of the year that I see all my friends, right? So like, that's the thing. And e- you, know, you only have two games and sometimes they're shit. Like sometimes they're just extreme deflate gate. You know, I remember that Sunday was horrible. The two games that were there. But yeah, I mean, this is, this is great. We got some really good matchups. Um, we decided that we were going to do an episode this week. I messaged Clive uh, prior to this week saying, hey, let's do one more, preview the playoff games. And part of the reason that we wanted to do one was to thank everyone who tuned in uh, over the course of the year. So very much appreciated. Everyone who's helped support the Hammer over the course of the year. Um, All of you that I see in the chat pretty regularly on a weekly basis um, really do appreciate the support. Uh, It took a lot to put this content together over the course of the year. Um, takes a lot to do it on a weekly basis. Some people don't really know what it's like to lose a shit ton of money on Sunday and then have to do a Sunday night football show um, and reminisce on all those losses and whatever. So thank you very much to everyone who supported this show over the course of the year. We've done a ton in terms of podcast downloads. So for those of you who don't watch live, listen on Spotify or Apple Music. Thank you very much. A couple things that I would ask of everyone If you haven't rated and reviewed on podcast platforms, please do so if you do enjoy the content. If you are not a subscriber to Forward Progress, please subscribe to the YouTube channel and like the video uh, and any videos that you do watch from us. And finally, tell a friend. For the NFL playoffs, tell a friend that you've come across a very good football channel on YouTube with some content that you really enjoy and get them to subscribe. That's it. That's my ask. 
will complete the, I can't even wait for next year. We've already discussed what we're doing for regular season next year. We're going to blow it out of the water, but appreciate everyone who tuned in and made this a success this year. Um, and I, I mean, I'm speaking on behalf of Clive right now, but we did talk about it off air and um, we've been the engagement happy. is appreciated, especially like the comments, like since we've gone live, thank you everybody. This has been so much fun. And uh, you know, I hope you guys have gotten a lot of value out of it. So thank you. Clive will be involved in some NBA content going forwards. There's going to be some announcements on that that are coming up. Um, but aside from that, thank you very much, everyone. Happy New Year. Hope you enjoyed the NFL season with us here on Forward Progress. That's it for us. Stay tuned on Twitter for announcements of what's coming next. This has been Forward Progress on the Hammer Betting Network. Peace out, everyone. Thank you.